Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Crowcast Podcast. I'm Shane. Hey, I'm Ronnie. And these are the audio versions of the interviews we've had with our special guests on Crowcast. Hi, guys, it's Ronnie. Um, on this episode, I spoke with Chris Barris. Uh, flew solo on this one, so I'm going to keep this this kind of front bit a little bit short. Great speaking to Chris. It's a bit of a recap episode. Everything that's been going on uh, since we last spoke to him on episode 20 of The Visual on YouTube. Um, exciting times for him. He's played the Palladium. He's played, uh, or he'll be playing Wembley shortly with Thunder. Um, just done a successful headline tour. So, yeah, it's a really cool episode. Uh, no beating around the bush. Hope you're all doing well out there. Uh, and Shane will be back soon. Should we get into it? I think so. This is Crowcast Podcast. We are close! Special guest for episode 93 of Crowcast, Chris Barras. Hello. How are you doing, buddy? All right? Not too bad. How are you? Not bad. Um, trying to get used to this flying solo, not bouncing off someone. So it's a bit weird when you... Uh, it's like before we came on then, you kind of have it kind of sketched in your head what you're going to say. <laughs> and then it is literally like being on the drums. The hands are doing that and I'm trying to talk at the same time. So it's the whole... Uh... <laughs> How are you doing, buddy? You all right? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, because seen you in um, Planet Rockstock last. I think that's the last time we physically seen each other, like, you know? So yeah. I wanted to come and see you in a tram shed, but dates clashed. That was, um, that was definitely one that I wanted to get to, but I know loads of people that went, and we'll talk about the tour. Um, but yeah, besides that, obviously you were on, I think, episode 20 last time yeah which was like fuck me that's over a year ago now so that's that's mad and i think at that time as well we were kind of hoping gigs would come back yeah um and then we obviously seen you then at steelhouse um and then i think things start again a little bit more crazy for you um what was it like just coming out the pandemic and getting back into things yeah it was a little bit weird at first and first couple of shows felt felt a little bit odd i felt a little bit rusty i think still i felt a bit rusty we had a few technical issues as well um but yeah i mean it was just great to get back out there wasn't it you know um we had a few festivals did that stone dead did love rocks festival um and then obviously we had the blackstone cherry tour which was just phenomenal it was so good like so many amazing venues and you know finished up at the royal albert hall which was just nuts and those guys are are wicked as well, you know. We've talked to them before. We just did like five shows of them in 2019. Oh, there we go. Ah, oh, mate, it's. Oh, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> um, oh man, I was I was honestly following you around there because like the stop you there, yeah. We bumped into you in Steelhouse. It was like really like it was a weird time for bands because we were all kind of back. We were hanging out together, um, but it was stopped start. I found I don't know about you. It was like. Yeah, well, I mean, it's still like it now, isn't it? You know, obviously we we did that, then we had nothing, then we jumped back. We well, uh, same as you guys, last minute call up to to uh, Rockstock. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we just had this headline tour now, uh, which was just amazing. It was just that was the best tour I've ever done. It was just phenomenal. Um, and then now it's like you know we've got a big old gap again and back home and bored and 
fed up of getting back to normal life. <laughs> just want to be able to tour all the time. Yeah, it is. It's like like I said, it was bizarre. Like, I mean, for us in particular, but I know like you were on a similar path. You you did the festivals and then all of a sudden, like I said, it stopped, start. And then you were, it was great to see you had the Blackstone Cherry, which, like I said, that was what I call a run, like, you know, where you were out. Was there any problems during it? Was it was it all good? Like, you know, all that COVID safe and everything great? Or Yeah, yeah, we had no, we had no issues with that. There was one show cancelled, um in scotland mm-hmm. that was due to a venue that wasn't even anything to do with covid it was in edinburgh they the fire alarms weren't working the day before and they couldn't get them fixed in time and there was safety issues and they made the venue pulled the show but other than that there was no um no covid stuff at all same my headline tour just gone we're very very lucky we didn't get get stopped uh with by anyone testing positive or anything like that or getting ill so yeah I mean, it's obviously always a worry isn't it every day you're kind of a bit like but yeah, we uh, we got through it all right. Yeah, it was bizarre, man. Because obviously, like you're used to going out on on gigs and stuff, and it's always the vocalist you worry about with the with the voice, especially if you're doing long runs and stuff like that. But it it could be anything that could affect the tour, like you know, because it could be a guitar tech, it could be anybody within the crew. Um, so yeah, to manage that, especially like when you go out with Blackstone Cherry and stuff, like we went out with the Wild Hearts. Um, and that was that was an hard run. I mean, you know, they they, they got their difficulties anyway. Um, you know, as transparent, but it was still the fact of um, it was the COVID. You know, the bubble, trying to keep everybody separated. I think one point their TM wasn't happy with us going out, um, having food even. So we were like, well, that's great, but we, you know, we got no catering. Like, you know, right. so the fuck are we supposed to eat? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, because I could get the paranoia because he was like, well, the band are kind of isolated. They got a bus and stuff like that. But you guys are kind of turning up. Then you're going out, you're going to the pub. Um, so, yeah, it's just, I just found it a weird period, man. Like, since you were last on to to get to where we are now, like you just said, you've just done the headline tour, which I feel everybody's getting in more of a, a happy place now, a little bit. It's still not where we need it to be, but it's a bit more, a bit more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, we're we're not out of the woods yet. Um, it is great that we were able to do that. Um, I did see some things online. Some of the people that had gone, gone to the gigs had end up catching COVID or whatever. Um, yeah. You know whether they got it from the gigs or I mean, you could get it from anywhere, couldn't you? I suppose, but um, yeah, we're not out of the woods yet. But it has been good just to get back out there and and do it for sure. Rockstock was me. <laughs> that's where uh, that's where I fell victim, mate. It was like, okay. Okay. yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. We um we were in the studio after that, just Josiah and I doing. We did like a if if you ordered the pre-ordered the album from our website, you got a free unplugged like EP, and just yeah. and I were recording that in December. It was like just after Rockstock, and um, we were halfway through doing it, and I got a phone call from a manager saying, um, "Can you get up to London tomorrow?" And I was like, and this was like the end of the day. I was like, well, we're in the studio. I was like, what's it for? And he's like, oh, opening up for the darkness. It would just be an acoustic thing. They want to keep the the the, um, the touring party down. He said, so it would be just the two of you. It's like, can you do it? Shepherd's Push Empire, two nights. And we were like, yeah, like, fuck it, let's go. And it was because Massive Wagons, um, one of their guys, or at least one, got, got COVID on that tour and um, had to drop out the last two shows. And then Darkness got mega paranoid then, like, right, well, we can't have a full band turning up with crew, you know, like, you know, we tour with, like, 10 people now, 
mm -hmm. um, you know, crew and stuff. So, uh, yeah, they said we couldn't do that. So we had to go in, um, just the two of us and, you know, super strict master. I mean, we ended up having Christmas dinner with the guys and stuff like that. It was, <laughs> it was a bit of a formality, but, um, but Josiah and I both got COVID from that, and then we ended up we, we were isolating all over Christmas. We, yeah, so. Um, oh man, that's savage. Do you do you lose we your taste or? We, yeah, that was the worst thing. Just couldn't fucking eat over Christmas. Oh mate. Mum did me a, a Christmas dinner, dropped it down, and um, yeah, it was fucking horrible. It was just tasteless mush. That <laughs> that is savage, like because Christmas yeah. dinner, everybody everybody looks forward to that. Well, I caught it in Rockstock, lost the taste. I think I was on like um, a meeting. I've I've said it before on you, but I, I haven't told you. I, I had a meeting, and that's when I kind of had a coffee, and I was like, "Fuck, I couldn't taste that." And Mrs. kind of put another one there, thinking I drank it really quick. Um, but I was like, "No, I can't, I can't taste it." Fast forward, we did the record. Um, and I just come, like, obviously I tested negative and stuff, but the taste still wasn't there. And Shiner, right. still to this day, um, so that was back in December, he still struggles. So from week to week, it kind of comes and goes. It, He genuinely, it's like, he'll have it back, fucking nail the tea, because he loves a cup of tea. So he's like, oh, wicked, I can taste tea. And then he's like, <laughs> shit, it's gone. <laughs> That's the first time I noticed it was on a cup of tea. I have a cup of tea every morning. Yeah. Oh, this tea tastes weird. And uh, I couldn't work out what it was. And then... I thought, oh, fuck. And I did a, you know, an LFT test and that was negative. And I, and I just thought like, I could feel something coming on, but it didn't feel like, you know, I, I catch colds like at least twice a year. I get one near the start of the year, one near the end of the year, you know, all the time. And I always have the same symptoms. I feel it coming on exactly the same way. And this wasn't, it didn't feel like that. And I was like, ah, so I went and got my PCR the next day. And that was positive. Um, but yeah, I lost my taste for about 10 days. I was pretty ill for about five days, like wiped out five days, like flu. You know, I was in, I was bed, bedridden, um, you know, really tired and, and stuff like that. But luck, I was fortunate. I recovered pretty quick after it and I've got no long effects that I'm, I'm aware of. Not that I've noticed or anything. So. Yeah. Fatigue. I f struggled a bit with the breathing and stuff. I played football on Sunday. Could just feel the breathing is, it's a bit different. Like it just feels like, um, I used to be a smoker years ago. Feels like that. You, you get like a bit of a burn on the, on the chest. Like, so just, just a little bit like that. Like, but my, my smell came back and I, I kind of told a few, few musicians the same in, in Veda. Um, so I'm sitting in the, in the control room in Veda and just out of nowhere, I just kind of went, Fuck, man. It smells like a hippie shop in here because <laughs> Matt, uh, the owner uh, who owns yeah. Vader, he lit, like, he must have lit, like, a candle or an incest stick or something. It smelled like the old hippie shops when you go in. I'm like, and Dan, Dan was just pissing himself, like, do you know what I mean? Because obviously everybody knew what, um, besides me and Shiner, what Vader smelled like, what... But I run outside and just add like a mega sensitive, like smelling everything, just like fucking <laughs> <laughs> so mad, like you know. So, but it's just a crazy time to be in a band, like you said. It was like so you caught that on an acoustic sesh, so you 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 don't take the full band, ten ten people, like you said, like the crew and everything. Yeah, yeah. You turn up super safe, like you know what I mean, doing acoustic yeah, sesh. Yeah. And fucking, when I mean they provided catering, but we mm -hmm. still we had like you know we went we had to park like down the road in the 
the supermarket, not supermarket, what am I on about? The shopping mall, whatever it's called there, the big shopping mall. Um, we had to park down there and stuff. We were wearing masks outside and, you know, we were super careful. We did go out and watch the darkness on the last night because we thought, well, we're not going to put anyone in danger because we won't see them again. We st- but we stood right up on the top away from anyone. I didn't go near anyone. Um, yeah, but, you know, it's what it is. It's fucking mad, mate. It's mad. But obviously through that dark period as well, an incredible record. Um, I've been playing it. I've been sharing it on the socials as well. It's out now. Uh, welcome to Death Valley. Um, incredible, mate. Was there any changes because of everything that was going on? Um, or because I seen you up in Steelhouse and I was like, hey, it was a new record and you were like banging. Um and you could, well, I was vibing because it's great when one of the band, um, especially like yourself, who's been writing and stuff, and you're like, no, this is fucking, this is it. Like, you know, this is something I'm really proud of. And I remember you saying it was heavier. So me and the boys would talk as you do in bands. Oh, he's, you know, he's been working with Dan Weller and, you know, they're fucking really happy. Then we're speaking to Rich and Robin, similar story. Oh, really super happy with a new album. Um, did you find that that period kind of, I don't know, just give you the chance to make changes to it or? Yeah, I mean, nothing was, like, conscious. There was no real, like, conscious decisions. Um, mm-hmm. I started writing the album, like, pre-pandemic anyway. Like, songs like My Parade were already, like, ha- well, three quarters written. They were kind of in different form. I ended up rewriting it a bit, changing the verses a bit um, and the riff. But, it, you know, the chorus and stuff and, and the kind of vibe was already done, like, pre-pandemic. Um, it's just kind of how it went, really. Um, the stuff I was writing was a bit heavier and I kind of went to the label and was like, look, this is like what I'm wanting to do. It's working really well with the guys that I've got in the band now. Um, we're all vibing off it. What do you think? And we just did some demos set to them and, and they were really cool with it. They liked the sound and, um, yeah, just went with it. They kind of gave me their full, full back in and, um, yeah, it was cool. I mean, you know, it was the only positive of the pandemic really was that I had time to really like, you know, write the songs and work on things. And um, like I said, like My Parade, I rewrote that probably about five, six times, um, which sometimes can be detrimental, but every time it was getting better, it was just like little things like, ah, oh, it's not quite there. The chorus yeah. was like written first of all, everything was built around the, the big chanty chorus. Um, but everything else just wasn't kind of like living up to that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, just wicked. And then getting to team up with um, Dan Weller as well. That was um, really, really good. It was the first time we ever went away to record an album as well. So like, um, we'd never, we'd never like been away for like a block period to record an album, um, and that was really, really good. Like, we're the only thing we were doing day in, day out. The only thing we were there for was to to record an album, um, and with someone as legendary as, as Dan Weller, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it was really, really good. Um, and I, I think that brought brought a lot out of it. Is that something you'll do again as well? Like, because um, we always feel we learn from our last record. You're always talking about the next record, especially if you're vibing and what you can take take from it. Like, do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots lots of factors involved. You know, right, you know, more than just me sitting here and saying what I would like to happen. But yeah, I mean, obviously we recorded at Vader Studio, same as you and with Dan. Yeah. Um, I'd love to go back there and I'd love to do it with Dan again if we can get things to line up and you know all the, the boxes that need to be ticked for that to happen get ticked, then, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely like to go down the same route. Did you um, did you and the boys write a lot in the room and stuff, or did it majority come from yourself? Or Yeah, it 
was it was mainly me um, and working with um, songwriters uh, yeah. in the states. Actually, I teamed up with a few guys out there, um, and that was a great experience for me. Um, you know, working guys, working with guys that you know, top top class songwriters that you know write for bands like Blackstone Cherry, Hailstorm. Mm -hmm. Nickelback, yeah. Shine Down, all these like huge bands. Outbridge, they've worked with all these kind of bands. Um, so that that was that was a pretty cool experience, really. Um, and you know, just things like on my parade, I ended up collaborating with a guy that just came up with a few ideas for the verse. That you know, and it just took me a bit. It wasn't something that I'd ever thought of doing. You know, I was in a completely different direction. When he suggested something, I was like, oh wow! And then that gave me something to like run with. And um, yeah, it was it was really really good. Yeah, I mean, from a, like a, a drumming point and, and especially melodically as well, uh, especially top lines, I said to the boys when the when the record dropped, I was like, it's got so many hooks. Um, it's really meaty. The riffs are still there. So it's still you, you know, where a lot of people kind of thought, oh, you know, he's gone heavier and stuff. It's still there, um, but it's just more weighty, which is quite a word around our camp at the moment. It's got a lot more weight, the record has. I mean, some of the tracks for me was... Um, Wake me when it's over. I love that. Um, but who needs enemies as well? That's like, um, that's the one I keep playing all the time. I love my parade and especially the hits on Planet Rock and that, which were which were banging as well. But uh, who needs enemies for me is just I don't know. Did you play that one in um, Rockstock as well? Uh, yes. Yeah, we would. Thought you did. I thought you did because it was only. It's different, isn't it, when you hear a song on record and stuff, but when you hear a band play it, I just remember hearing elements of it and thinking, fucking hell, that's a, yeah. that's a dip. I've seen you play a few times, like, you know, and... Pretty powerful live, that one, I think, you know, that mm. tempo is quite upbeat and um, all, like, the sync riffs that we're doing, like the guitar, the bass, uh, well, both guitars and the bass, all kind of in these, like, riffs and sync together um, throughout the verse and stuff. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty powerful. It's, it's probably one of our favourite ones to play live, that. We, we all love that one. I was going to ask that. Is it? Is it like? Is it? I know they're all your babies. It's the same with us. Like, but is there songs that you're really, really enjoying at the moment off the new record, playing live and resonating with the crowd as well? Yeah, I mean that that one on the tour always went down really well. It was we were kind of we were popping that second to last just before my parade. My parade was we we're finishing the set with that on this tour, Bang and um, that was just great. Everyone sing along, going nuts, like fist pumping the air, and <laughs> it was wicked. Um, that's during, uh, well, also at the end, the lighting up was during watching over me. Did a little bit, yeah, that one. We would get people yeah, to slamming. The, but, the uh, photos from the tour, just so exciting, man. And um, I don't know, you must have seen, like I said, the burn of it. Like we we felt the burn of like the festivals back, but everyone's a bit precautious. Then we did a, a bit of a, a tour, but everyone's still kind of gigs are back, but are they really back? Um, and now it's like the last few gigs we've done are just like they're just so emotional. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, did definitely. you feel that on this headline tour as well? It was like yeah, completely. Um, it was yeah, it, it really was. Like I said, it was just for me and the guys all said it was the best tour we've ever done. Uh, we loved it. Um, we had like a whole new crew on this tour and they're like super experienced guys you know like my guitar tech does steel panther and toto and, and bands like this and, <laughs> you know just knowing that you're in complete like safe hands and uh you know they wouldn't let us touch anything doing anything for us and being on the tour bus and stuff it was kind of like the it felt like the first proper tour we've ever done really you know um 
and uh, it, it really helped the performance. Like it's been a lot more relaxed. You know, there's I got I got a little bit of a cold on the tour. A few people did. It kind of went around the bus, and um, you know, but just being able to go and nap like a few times a day and not be stuck in a little cupboard of a dressing room. You know, some of these venues have pretty dire changing dressing room facilities. Um, so you know, just things like that. It was just and getting back out there, like the atmosphere. Um, you know, there really was like a sense, like you know, we've obviously missed it so much, but so so have all like the gig going punters. Just as you know, I'm a gig going punter as well. You know, and I've, I've enjoyed going and watch bands again. And there was definitely like a sense <coughs> that, um, in the crowd. And the other thing is, it's our first headline tour in two and a half years. It was, um, and you know, as good as like the Blackstone Cherry tour was, every night I'm going out there, I'm trying to win everyone over. You know, there'd be like a few people that would know us, but there'd be, you know, a lot of people in the crowd that wouldn't have, have heard of us before. So every night you're kind of fighting to like win them over. But with a headline show, it doesn't feel like that. You know, yeah. you've, you'd like people bought, bought the ticket to come to you and, um, you know, and it, it's, it, it makes a difference. It's just like a different vibe. And yeah, it was just amazing. It was we didn't want it to end. <laughs> we, we were all like, I'm still gutted now. I've like, you know, I'm, proper post tour blues getting back to like real life <coughs> i know when it, i know when a tour is going well because like even if you don't manage to catch it it's all over the socials and you can see how happy everybody is and that's that's kind of what i i got from it like you know i um i remember just going on there daily and i knew you were on the road you'd see photos popping up which is great not just from your page or anything like that from from all the fans then everybody talking in different forums and stuff. I went last night. It was amazing. This was great. Um, and I think that's what's great about the scene at the moment, because everybody's kind of, kind of come out that patch, is they really do appreciate what we're doing, and they're getting, they're getting far more connection out of it. Like I said, it's like the last few for us. Now that that kind of cobwebs are off a bit more, it's just been electrifying is, is the, the word I keep using. Like it's an yeah. emotional for the band as well. I find that the... Like, I see new boys playing, and um, it was only the bass player I didn't recognise because I know he's kind of new. Um, but still, the vibes off you was was so cool. You know, the the cheeky smiles, and it's not... You know when it's real and when it's happening, and it was really happening. There's a good energy of the band, and that's what I'm liking from bands. Uh, like I said on earlier on, I went to watch three bands play on the weekend, and you can't fake that. If you're having a great time on stage, the everybody else sees that and that kind of pours on and off like do you know what i mean and i find yeah. at the moment it's just a two-way it's incredible man and, and i suppose that that's where you got caught up was it yeah I, I, yeah i can't say any about myself that's exactly it um yeah every night we were loving it Yo, every night we were always like we'd finish the set and we'd go off for the encore and we'd always be like that went really quick like every mm. night we were surprised at how quick it went and we're doing 90 minutes and it was always like, you know, previous tours I've done 90 minutes, it's been like, oh, God, oh, I'm feeling really tired. Like, these, these like, shows were just flying by. And, um, yeah, we felt like, you know, we could have done, kept like, going all night. Not allowed. Uh, we kept having curfews. But um, all these fucking venues having disco loadouts, aren't they? They, like, <laughs> fucking yeah. drives me mad. But they got made yeah. up. <laughs> I mean, we did a run in November... Fucking hell, everything just feels a bit like I'm trying to think of when things were because, like, I'm thinking, oh, I don't think we've done that much, but the same as you, you have, 
soon as you hit the traps, you've done fucking shitloads, like, you know. Um, but I just realised now we did a run in November and we had the same issue where you get used to a certain time to go on and then the, then the DJ, the Thursday, the Friday or the Saturday night gets and it's like, early curfew tonight, boys. <laughs> and you're like, what the... Oh, it's annoying. That's uh, fucking mental, mate. <laughs> but yeah, like, every night the set was just going so quickly. We were just like, fuck. You know, just loved it. Every minute of it. Uh, every minute. Um, switching back the record as well. Massive congrats. Deserved all the success. Honestly, it was it's an incredible record. How do you find the campaign? Do you find it like... Yeah, it was good. Fun? Uh, yeah, I think... Um, I think the response overall was amazing, you know, and um, obviously chart positions all done on, you know, pre-order. We had a strong pre-order and strong week one, but we also had a really strong week two and a week three. So we didn't put all our eggs in one basket, you know, and yes. um, managed to steer clear of, you know, any price reduction tactics and stuff like that. I know some bands like to do it and, and that's cool, but, you know, I think it affects you in the long run, doesn't put enough as much money back in the pot to get reinvested from the label or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is people off. They've pre-ordered it like, you know, four months before, then the week before you chop it half price. Like, you know, so we didn't do any of that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it was cool. It was a good, good result. First time in the top 40. Uh, like I said, we had really good figures on, on week two and week three. We were still in the rock charts, at least on week four. I don't know if we still are on that. Now, how long has it been? We're probably out of it now, but we were still in like the top forty on the rock charts. Several weeks after, we we're still selling good numbers every week, um, which for me is a good sign. Like, you know, week one figures gets you high up on the chart, but actually, how many you sell overalls, which you know doesn't necessarily reflect in the chart position, but how many you sell overall is probably more important um, for for the behind the scenes stuff and getting financed for future things you know the, the business it's, it's longevity man because that's what the labels want to see as well is obviously um it's not the quick pop it's the longevity it's putting the bums on the seats it's buying the records yeah. but yeah did you find like i said this to rich and robin like we're, we're obviously going to be starting now we're soon the the old third record and stuff but um you find it it's, it's different for bands these days doing campaigns the whole run-up and everything there's a lot more kind of to do as well like you know it's especially with less shows at the moment it's a lot more online um did you have fun with all of that as well yeah i, I quite enjoyed it really it kind of gets more i struggle when there isn't a lot going on do you know what i mean like, i'm like what am i going to post about it's like i don't lead a particularly interesting life other than when i'm doing the band stuff you know it's like i don't really do anything other than sit in this room and edit videos that's kind of <laughs> write songs like you know i haven't really got much to post about if i'm not touring and stuff so when we're releasing singles and we've got stuff going on i, I quite enjoy it um having stuff to actually shout about it's the periods in between where there's not a lot going on i'm like do i just post a picture of my breakfast or... <laughs> i'm not one for selfies you know <laughs> i can't fucking stand uh you know constant selfies and stuff so yeah I, I quite like like it when there's a lot going on with a tour or um you know like an album campaign you've got lots to post about it's exciting you're seeing you know people digging what you're doing and um you know it kind of makes it all all worthwhile for me really that kind of stuff were you heavily involved with the videos yeah, I mean, I edit, I edit a lot of the stuff. Um, cool, very the, cool. I mean, like the My Parade video, um, and Dead Horses videos. I mean, I I put everything in plan and kind of I came up with concepts 
um, so particularly my parade. I, I wrote the, the 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 whole idea of that. Um, but a good friend of mine, Tommy Rose, amazing videographer, and and um, he he filmed it and brought it all to life, and he edited everything. He did the whole thing, and it looked it looks looks amazing. Um, so yeah, very lucky to have you know. Obviously, I work in the 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 filming industry as well as the music industry. So um, you know, I got lucky to have some good friends that can uh, pull stuff like that out of the bag. And that's I mean, my parade's the favorite my favorite video I've ever done. I love that. I do all like the smaller stuff, all the any tour promos or anything like that, or any smaller promos you see will always be me that would have done it. Um, the the my parade acoustic video I did that. I did the Who Needs Enemies video. I well I edited it. Um, yeah. Is that something self-taught as well? I don't know. I don't know if we asked you that last time or. Yeah. Um, well, I got into it uh, back in the fighting days. Yeah. So I I had a uh, I had a fight promotion that I ran like a like, you know a mid well, small in the scheme of things not like UFC or anything but it used to go up to a thousand capacity kind of events um, called the Southwest Fighting Championships and I used to run a couple of them a year. And my whole like ethos for the for the organization was to kind of uh, it was quite in the early days of of you know shows. There was it's just when people started doing them, they started popping up on more of a local level, um, like a lot more regularly. And my idea was to you know have a smaller show for like local fighters, but kind of make it feel like a bigger show. You know, with things like UFC always have these promos where they get the yeah. fighters talking about each other, and you know, and you see them training and stuff like that, and um i wanted to do that and i i was working with a guy that was actually filming me he was doing like a, a video and was filming me for for a little while training and and, and stuff like that for some for, for something else and uh, so i was working alongside him for you know like a week or so and i was just like picking up tips and i was, I was really interested so then he ended up selling me a a bunch of old older gear that he was he was having a bit of a clear out did me a great deal on a bunch of gear and that kind of got me started and then yeah youtube tutorials and trial and error and yeah lots of stuff like that and then over the years i've just done yeah lots of different things so, so i used to do all the promos and stuff for the fighters um everything from weddings to adverts for companies brands music videos all that kind of stuff so now I find it fascinating because obviously um, I dabbled with like Photoshop years ago, but the same thing. I was around a few people who were great at it, and then slowly but surely YouTube videos, you upgrade your gear, um, then you get into it a bit more, you upgrade that, um, and then you find yourself dabbling and doing little little bits and bobs, like do you know what I mean? And yeah, I just find it interesting. Especially I thought you might have been more hands on with your stuff as well because you do find that, especially if you, you're great behind the camera. Um, or the editing, as you've said, you've got a clear idea or a vision of how you want it to be or how you want it to look. So it's really super fucking handy when you know how to do all of that because yeah. it's rather than kind of going to the guy, yeah, that's great, but, you know, three minutes, 22 seconds, I don't like that clip. Can you look through yeah. the arc? You know it's what I mean? It's not much about that. It's more about just, like, you know, the, the money aspect. I mean, like a guy like Tommy... You know, we're always like on the same page with things. You know, anything he does, I think is awesome. But I very rarely got to suggest anything. You know, when he does something, yeah. So it's not yeah. really a case of that. But he's a busy man. He's a very talented man, and uh, you know, the const- we put out a lot of like video content. Um, and if I was to pay someone every time to do that, 
it would uh, get very, very expensive very quickly. So, um, and that's that's why I learned to do it on on the Southwest Fighting Championship stuff because um, the first few I was paying cameramen to do it, and it was costing me thousands and thousands. I was like, well, hold on, I could spend this money on some camera gear, learn how to do it, and save a few grand, and and that's what I did. Um, so it's pretty much the same thing with with the music stuff, really. If I didn't have to do it, um, you know, if I was a millionaire rock star then i wouldn't bother <laughs> it's not like a control thing for me it's just kind of like well saves me a few hundred quid every video doesn't it oh absolutely we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago and he was he was basically saying that he earns a great amount off the internet at the moment and he's great with his marketing etc but he was saying the more more avenues you can do as a band or you just have that eye on it does you know you don't have to be like you say if you're if you're a rock star and you can afford that kind of money these days um but if you're a little bit more savvier and stuff you can you can get more content out it's still quality controlled as well which is the main thing um and everything's fucking super positive, like, you know, which I think that's great advice for any band these days. The more you learn around the business, the better your band will be, like, and the and the longer you survive, that seems to be the key. I think we're on 93 episodes now, and I think there's very rare people who are sitting on that golden throne going, yeah, I don't do fucking nothing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Everybody's a bit more hands-on and stuff, like, you know? Yeah. So which is how we should be, I think. You know what I mean? It's interesting as well. Um, what's happening with the guys with um, Supersonic Blues Machine at the moment? Have, have you managed to get out there as well at the moment? or? Yeah, so I was out in LA in December um, doing a bunch of videos. Um, so, yeah, we got singles coming out over the next few months. Um, I think there's an announcement on Friday. Um, I saw a little teaser today saying that someone's coming on on Friday. So I don't know if it's a single or if it's an album announcement or whatever, but <laughs> there's there's definitely stuff coming coming this year. Um, the album was recorded ages ago. It's recorded just before the pandemic. I was out, yeah, January 2020. We recorded the album. Oh shit! Um, yeah, it just got you know lots of holdups. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. COVID. yeah. You know, the States was quite a tricky place during COVID because every state had different rules and then some would open up and some wouldn't and just made it a little bit difficult with some of the guests and things like that. And and then when, excuse me, when uh, scheduling the album release, we kind of had to work it around, you know, stuff that I had in place as well. Obviously, I was doing my own album and we had a tour in place and um, obviously both bands were on the same record label and it was kind of like, well, Chris has a tour in place. He has to have the album out before the tour we can't put out the supersonic album too close to to that album. And so it was a little bit complicated working out when to get everything like lined up, but they worked it out and yeah, over the next few months. Yeah. It's always going to be a hard project to get everybody lined up. Cause you're all like massively super busy. Like, um, yeah. like Kenny, I think I can't remember where I seen him drumming for the other, I think it was probably three or four, four different people. Cause he's yeah. just so fucking, he's everywhere. Like, you know, he's an incredible drummer. I've said that yeah, before yeah, to well. you. Um, yeah, the man's a beast, like, but that's exciting. But you managed to catch up with them in, in yeah. the last, last, last 12 months, 18 months, yeah, yeah. which is cool. December I was out there for, for a week or two. And, um, yeah, it was really cool. Did a bunch of new videos and hung out and yeah, it was, it was wicked. Really good. Sunny, get some December sunshine. 
It's on the list, mate. Honestly, I think we had a tease last week in Wales. It was like, oh, this here it comes, and then uh, yeah, out my window now. It's fucking terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Like, um, so you've got some exciting things coming up. I know a lot we can't talk about, which is like it's exciting probably towards the end of the year. But you got Wembley coming up, dude, which is yeah. fucking hell. That's incredible with thunder. <laughs> yeah, that one's like, I mean, obviously Wembley. It's one of those places that it's another like bucket list kind of venue, isn't it? Um, you know, it's just an iconic place. I don't, physically, I don't necessarily think it's the the best venue in the world. I've seen a few bands there. I've seen a UFC there as well. Um, but did you go icon- to that recently? Sorry to be rude. Did you go to that? Uh, no, this was years and years ago. I went to ah, that. Cool. I wouldn't go again. Not at Wembley. No, no. It's, unless you got like seats which cost you a thousand pounds it's the viewing's not very great yeah, it's too little gap yeah, yeah, yeah i don't even remember our fix because i couldn't see very well and ended up just getting fucking smashed and i don't yeah. remember <laughs> 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 okay, uh, and those tickets were still like 100 quid or something they weren't even like the shit ones they were like halfway out, yeah. yeah um yeah like it's, it's an iconic place to play i, I just can't wait to it and Thunder for me were one of my favourite bands growing up. They were the very first like proper band that I ever saw live. Um, I was about nine years old. They came to Torquay and played it at the venue down on the seafront at the Riviera Centre. And not many bands like came down. It was quite a big thing. And we used to listen to Thunder in my dad's car. It was one of my dad's like favourite bands. Um, so for me, it's like it's quite a special moment, really. Yeah, man, we're we're lucky. We're doing the Cardiff one, which. Um, hometown, obviously, it's an incredible venue, the same as well, Motor Point. So, um, but yet again, Wembley's still in our eye. You don't even worry about that. That's still fucking. It's the but. It's like what you said. Oh, it's a bucket list amongst musos. It's like yeah. there's certain venues, like you know, you just did the the Albert Hall. Um, but didn't you do? Did you do the Palladium as well? Yeah, uh, Palladium. I did with um, the Planet Rock thing. They did. I thought like, you did. Uh, tribute night with a uh, orchestra, but have you done the Palladium before that or no? No, that was fuck time. me. See what I mean? That's not a bad. That's on a roll with the bucket list. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. That's... 2020. We um, my year, but before the pandemic hit, I did um, Hammersmith Apollo, Odeon or whatever people want to call it. Um, in February with Beth Hart. And then in that year, I would be doing uh, the Palladium, the Albert Hall, and Wembley. All those were in that year. So I would have done the Apollo, Palladium, Wembley, and Albert Hall all in one year, which was just <laughs> mental. Like, that would have been crazy. But obviously then the pandemic hit and everything got rescheduled. Just lucky that, just fortunate that still going ahead and able to do it. Yeah, I think that's the key to what you just said. Fortunately, they're still going ahead. Fortunately, you're still getting the ticks off the list because otherwise the amount of books people would have of, like, what could have happened um, is just fucking immense. Like, you know, I didn't know that. That That is a... Yeah, that's a year to talk about, really, isn't it? That's like, yeah. fucking hell, that's an overdose of, like, <laughs> unbelievable shows. That's incredible. But it's still wicked. Like, like I said, you know, like I said, considering the last time we talked on here... Um, you know, life was pretty grim. None of us kind of knew what where we were going from it. Take with a pinch of salt. Is this on? Is that on? I remember us asking you what was planned, and you were like, "Well, no one really knows what is planned." Like, you know, these are what I've got. If it happens, amazing. If it doesn't, I think they got rescheduled. 
Um, and like fast forward now, we're talking, it's April, uh, episode 93, and you've just played Palladium, Albert Hall, you're about to do Wembley, a successful headline yep. tour, an album, as you said, which is still selling really, really well, which is the key to this industry at the moment, is continue, continue selling records. Um, amazing, mate. Absolutely immense. Like, <laughs> and, and the boy's got to be happy as well, yeah? Yeah, I mean, like I said, like, the the atmosphere on this last tour was just just amazing. Um, all day, every day. It was just, it was just brilliant. It was, I honestly had the time of my life. Um, we just didn't want it to end. <laughs> it's just hard because we, we all live in different places. Everyone, you know, goes back to their own lives and everyone's got jobs. And, um, yeah, it's quite hard going from being, you know, rock stars for, in inverted commas, for, you know, three weeks to then having to go back and, you know, live normal lives. Well, fingers but, crossed... Like like what we touched on earlier, everything's starting to kind of straighten out a bit because obviously the next route for you would have been um, Europe, etc. This this summer, um, same as us, but everything we're trying to work out because there's no there's no clear roads um, due to Brexit and COVID happening at the same time. Um, a lot of bands are kind of waiting for our cycle now, and we like we're they're still catching up, I suppose. Like you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, I mean, we were doing quite, we were just starting to make a little bit of a dent on like the bigger territories in Europe, Germany, Holland, yes. France, um, places like that. Um, 2019, yeah. We, you know, where we could go and we could do like a headline tour and, you know, sell a couple hundred tickets, a few hundred tickets, which is good. Um, and, you know, we had something to build upon. But now we kind of feel like we've got to start from scratch again a little bit. Um, but hopefully we'll get on like a support tour or something. I think that's the aim. Get on a support tour for Europe. And then we did have one lined up. I don't know if I'll, I'll be allowed to say who it was, but we had a really good tour lined up. It was quite hard to make it work financially. I'm not sure if it would have happened. Um, but we had it in the bag. Uh, but then that got cancelled because of because of COVID. That would have been that would have already happened. Um so yeah, hopefully something like that will come across again, um, and we can get back out there. Because like I said, we were, you know, we were doing fairly well over there, and, and I think it's the key for a band to be able to survive. You can't survive, you know, financially just on just being in the UK. Because once you get to, you know, the level we're at now, the size venues we're doing now, you yeah. can't play venues like Rock City twice in one year. Unless you're like a huge band, you know, Blackstone Cherry could sell out Rock City twice in one year. Thunder could, yes, of course. But we're not at that level. We're at a level where you know we can put 800 people into Rock City, which we did. Um, you know, but we'd only be able to do that once a year. Once you're at that level, you know, people just won't buy the tickets to come and see you because they're like, oh, I saw him in March. I'm not going to see him in October. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, so you kind of need the European stuff to to filter in and. We had like some loose plans for the states. States was being talked about, but then we kind of need to have a bit more of an impact in Europe before we can have an impact in the states. Um, so yeah, we're just kind of we're sitting on the fence a little bit, but I, I think towards the end of the year, thing things will start coming through for us. I agree with you, mate, and it's just to back everything you said because I know a lot of people kind of are saying that at the moment, and it's a true story. It's just trying to line everything up so it makes sense for your band 
um, and and like you said, you can't do that when American bands can't kind of do their path through Europe um, or f- European festivals because there was a lot we were lined up, the same as you, I know, to do this year. Um, but they've had to roll over, and there's only so many bands. I think they're fitting like fucking hell. There's there's about two or three I'd love to go to at the moment. There's about I don't know how many bands on there. Like it's just it's a ridiculous lineup. It's like. I thought it's fake, but it's it's a genuine lineup. Like from Thursday to Sunday of like mega headline bands, but as it was explained to me, they've rolled over from that year, then that year, and that's how they've got you know. And to get on that slot is is harder. Like so, you've got to get them out of the way, and then obviously we can cross the channel and resume business. And it doesn't have to be like you said. Then a couple of weeks in the UK, <laughs> it's yeah. fucking. We're all on the road for a long time then, which is uh, what we're kind of biting at the bit to do. Like you know. It's going to take take a you know a good couple of years for everything to kind of correct itself, and obviously with all the financial stuff going on at the moment too. You know, people are worried. I'm worried. Lots of people are worried. You know, the rise in energy costs, fuel costs, yeah. it affects absolutely everything. Um, and I think people are going to feel the pinch. Maybe not at first, but when we get towards the end of the year, I think people are really going to feel it, and um, it's just going to have a knock on effect to everything. Extracurricular activities like gig going will you know, will be affected. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's going to take a couple of years to correct itself and all the rescheduled tours to happen and then new stuff to get booked, festival lineups. You know, some festivals are still like, they're on the 2020 lineup, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? man. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm seeing bands, I mean, I saw someone cancel the other day. I won't, I won't say who it is. And I'm a big fan of his, fantastic guitar player. He cancelled his European tour for the summer right, because of the war in Europe. I mean, if he had 10 dates in Ukraine, I'd be like, all right, cool, yeah, I understand you've lost two weeks of shows and, you know, but it's not the war in Europe. It's like in Germany and Italy and stuff. I'm like, well, that's kind of like how Americans see things, you know, like thinking, well, look, if the war spills onto Germany, like America are going to be involved anyway. I mean, you've got more chance of getting shot in fucking LA than you have. Like, yeah, that that is bad. That's bad PR. That's, that's bad PR. Let's let's not mention COVID. Let's mention the war. That's like really fucking bad PR. It's gotta be. It has to be like you know. Yeah, it's fucking mental. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I never comment on anything. I was like, I wrote a comment and I was like. I deleted it. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not getting involved. Yeah, man. I, I got told the same years ago. I say to the boys, I'm like, sometimes write a message out, look at it for half hour, then delete it. Um, and don't, whatever you do, fucking press post. Because <laughs> it's there. <laughs> it's there forever. But I do commend those who like, there's a few people on, yet again, I can't mention them, but they're on the socials. You can find them everywhere, um, your Twitters and stuff. And they will speak their mind. I fucking love it, like, do you know what I mean? But like I said, I know for a band, especially like where we are at the moment, you do that and it can it can backfire on you so quickly, like, which is a shame, like, yeah. you know, so people can't <laughs> uh, turn against. Sort of like, you know, the guy's like a little bit of a hero of mine, really. Um, like when I was growing up as a guitar player and I just thought, yeah, it's just that. Yeah. There was enough people jumping on. It was all the, all the Yanks were like, Oh, great decision. That's you, you know, you've got to think of your safety. <laughs> 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 Like fucking hell. Like um but then all the Europeans like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, they I don't know. I think they view like Europe as like 
one country like sometimes you know which is fair enough because it's probably like the same size as the states anyway near enough so i do Dude, get it, but... same as wales it's like are oh, you from wales in england yeah and we're like, <laughs> yeah yeah it's just fucking easy to say yeah 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 that's in england yeah it's fucking mad, though. I've had that so many times when I've gone away and stuff, especially when I went to Vegas with the wife. It was like, where are you from? It's like, oh, Wales. Oh, man, yeah, that's wicked. That's in England. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking. <laughs> like... I always say I'm from London. It's the easiest thing. Like, there we you, go. Where are you from? It's like London. It's like, it's like, oh, I'm from Torquay. Oh, where's that? Oh, it's in the southwest. Oh, where's that? And you're just like, okay. <laughs> I'm from London. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I'm from London. <laughs> uh, sucking class, dude. Hey, massive thanks for joining me tonight. Um, and like I said, Shane sends his best wishes, bro. All the boys do as well. Like, but it's it's a pleasure to have you back on, having a bit of a recap, having a bit of banter. Um, are you going to any gigs soon? Or I know you're like super busy, so yeah, yeah, I've got a few. Um, there's a few little things like that. I've got penciled in. I don't know if I'm going to make it or not, but there's a really good blues rock guitar player called Eric Steckles coming to Exeter at some point this month. I need to check when it is. It might actually be next week. Um, I'm going to see Kaleo in June. Very cool. Um, I like Kaleo a lot. They have the best videos, live session videos ever. Like, it's mental. They do stuff in, like, volcanoes in Iceland. They do stuff in, like, caves up on these, like, massive mountains and stuff. Like, I'm unreal. But, yeah, go and see them. Uh, I'll be going to the Rival Sons tour. They've just announced Dirty Honey. Yes. Uh, we got put forward to support, and they were like, oh, no, we've already got it sorted. And then I saw it was Dirty Honey. I was like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that they're supporting, and I'm getting to the tour because getting to see those two bands for me is like fucking awesome. So, uh, yeah, I'll be going to that. Those are the main ones I'm looking forward to. Might make, make an appearance at Download. Um, do that dude and hit yeah. us up because we can have a beer then as well like so yeah. yeah i've got i've got a filming job on one day if i can get that um covered or moved then i'll uh yeah i might pop up to download all right do that make sure it's a saturday as well we can grab a beer together otherwise um we'll try not to see each other on a bill we'll try and uh, grab each other for a beer next time yeah. it's a lot better man when i was out saturday it was lush i bumped into like phil campbell's boys dane and uh, tyler um yeah. bumped into a few others and it was just nice to kind of you're not having to to go and get ready go warm up um or wait for the bus to pick you up or something yeah. like, you know? So it was just nice to chill out and hang sure. and, and just watch other people for a change, you know? So, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on, dude. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll play your video in a bit. Uh, fingers crossed YouTube don't kick us off, but if they do, um, well, it won't be YouTube, it's Facebook normally. So if they do, everybody join me on YouTube. That's the new <laughs> thing now. <laughs> Pleasure, Chris. Thank you very much, brother. And I'll catch Good you soon. Night. See you in a bit, Take mate. Take care, man. Thanks for listening to Crowcast Podcast. Don't forget, this episode is also available to watch on our YouTube channel. For up-to-date information on everything Crows, follow us on all our socials or visit our website, thosedamncrows.com. Tidy. Ta-da!